Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 50. 50, that's a good one. Without... I failed miserably because last week we did say something about, oh, let's do something exciting, and I've not done anything exciting. So, um, <laughs> well, Surely your story is excitement enough, Nick. No, no, no. This is, this is, I purposely chose a very boring story. It's a very boring, <laughs> poisoning story. Well, we have gotten to 50 episodes. 50 goddamn episodes. That's pretty mad. We dreamt this up in the pub one evening. Let's do that. <laughs> but 50 episodes. I'm very proud of us. Yeah, that's very good. You said there wouldn't be more than 20 episodes in this. I didn't think we'd get past like three, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Look how many people poisoned the shit out of each other. As we always say, poison is the greatest poison of them all. Oh, it is. It does. Yes, it is, actually. Have we ever said that? Uh, we have now. Yes. So as we always say for the first time. Obviously, 50 is a landmark number, but we did we did talk about this after Nick said, I shall do something exciting last week. And then we, we, we calmed him down and we, we had a chat. <laughs> um, but we are going to plan something for episode 52 because that will be one year. One year. I think that's appropriate celebrationing. No idea what we're going to do. Send your suggestions in. Oh, more cake. 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 Oh, cake, podcast cake. cake. Death. Oh, maybe we could do like a bake-off. <laughs> Everyone can do a bake-off and, like, post your pictures. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> Poison-themed cakes. Mm, intriguing. Well, there we are. Well, there we are. How are you, Nick? I'm fine. Sorry, you, you asked me that question just as I was taking a massive glug of Negroni. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> so things are going well. Let's conclude. <laughs> uh, any poisonings this week, Nick? Um, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go with yes. Oh, wow. Okay. 50 well, it breaks, in, breaks up a bit. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I feel like I've learned enough and <laughs> I've taken enough notes over the year, pretty much. Just leaving bodies in your wake. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going for it. I like it. I really do hope that your neighbours or the Airbnb owners don't listen to this podcast because we did see them today when I knocked on your door to pick up my special delivery and someone just put their head at the door and went, oh, I thought my door was knocking. And we're like, yeah, we shouldn't talk to you. We say terrible things about your there. <laughs> <laughs> but she's alive at least you've not killed her yeah right. no yeah got through it so yeah. well uh you know speaking of neighbors that we don't want to poison and and people that we talk shit about on air i think it's time for us to thank our <laughs> patreon subscribers i mean you're really encouraging people to join really aren't you that's why people, they we do don't it. want to poison and we talk shit about them step on up really <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> no good shit nice shit nice shit well we do indeed love you so i mean we have to say thank you a huge thank you to um fiona Klorschuk. and to mia lindberg jorgensen thank you very much thank you darling you're very very sexy you're lovely a very very international audience oh well, yeah that's very true yeah actually. yeah yeah good good yeah, absolutely. i'm liking yeah, that yeah. sexy yeah. names you you mean you, you say international they're probably from the same town as us probably um, but they've just got sexier names <laughs> yeah indeed well i want to praise their names mia are you related to the Lindbergh baby are you the Lindbergh baby i'm gonna go with no no um, no yeah. that would be too much to ask but if she was it would be like oh we did solve a crime on the podcast by accident we'd be famous and i must i'm, I'm going to say this now we have never at any point 
set out to solve any sort of crime, <laughs> make any sort of factual um, attempts or insights into any of these things. We tell stories and get drunk. Exactly. <laughs> Up and vanished, we are not. Indeed not. But someday, maybe. Indeed not. Maybe by accident, purely by drunken accident. Oh, if, if anything happened, it would be entirely accidental. Which I is the best it. kind of crime solving, I think. Do you, is it? Is it really? The nation would be 100% behind us. Two people got drunk and solved a crime. Yay! They're all of us. <laughs> well, Nick. Yes. Are you ready? Probably. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Oh, it's my episode, so I can't really get out of it. Yeah, or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. Yeah, episode 50. Mm. No, I'll change it up, episode 50. Yeah. How no, boring is your story? Well, you'll find out, <laughs> won't you? All right, well, we'll decide it's halfway 306 through. 306 pages. Delightful. It is Nick's <laughs> story this week. Hooray, hooray, hooray. But as we've established, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. And I'm excited for a cocktail tonight, actually. Yeah, I'm yeah, up for this. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so he got to choose the secret ingredient this week i did i thought i was quite pleased with this one i thought this is a good ingredient the ingredient is is tears tears sorrow and despair it's lockdown everyone 100 percent has that in their house <laughs> just buckets full just lying around there are people listening to this crying in the bath going oh finally i feel useful now <laughs> tears okay good I, i'll let you get away with this one as it's not a traditional oh, ingredient thank you you're so very kind <laughs> oh no i like it it's lyrical <laughs> how generous you are <laughs> I, I will let you get away with it i am a little bit worried reassurance people when i did collect my secret cocktail ingredients from nick as i do each week in lockdown he didn't punch me in the face in order to procure tears from me uh they're not my tears if they're in if there's tears in this cocktail then none of mine uh unless well you didn't see my housemates either so oh god no i didn't actually i heard wailing <laughs> maybe that's why the neighbor next door was coming out and going what the fuck is going on in there that, that could have been it or we're gonna mix this up and you're gonna say something and i'm gonna sob into a glass we have equal potential for both yeah things, i, I mean that's happened before to be fair you know that happens most weeks you can be very cruel <laughs> so with tears then as a secret ingredient uh i shudder to ask what have you come up with well it is a well i'm hoping it's going to be a delightful Ooh, okay. we in fact we are we're not gonna have we none of these sorrowful despair filled tears we are going to have a tears of joy oh a tears of joy oh that's a cocktail oh i've never heard of cocktail. that no indeed not so the That's tears now i'm quite intrigued a few people on the social media the social media the social media have been commenting going what could it be what could it be um and you all got it wrong Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i was kind of hopeful because someone wrote in that uh, is it a smoky tears with there's, there's, yeah absolutely yeah and oh, i did come across oh, that please one let it be that oh let it be that but then i thought i think well i could make a cocktail that i know sinead will like or, <laughs> or, or you can torment me. I I went with the or. Oh, good. Okay, good, good. Also, because Lovely. that other cocktail had many things that I had never heard of before. Um, <laughs> so, what love and kindness is that? What it had in it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and <laughs> well, good. The tears of joy that you've chosen specifically to upset me. Great, excellent. I'm so looking forward to this. No, I think you'll love it. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay, well, it's got alcohol in it, so I'm excited. Uh, as we're in lockdown, Nick has produced a little batch of secret ingredients for me but it's time for us to go to our isolation kitchens and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute we'll see you in a bit and we're back hello Ooh, tears of joy tears of joy now it, it looks it bodes well it's kind of orangey but also a bit brownie there's a little bit sort of an orangey peachy brownie thing going on yeah 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 now we now we know the brown drinks serve as well this is true we have had success with brown drinks and it's a it's a hefty drink as well i'm quite pleased with the quantities that you've given me i gave you enough for two you didn't realize Oh, so I shouldn't have served this in a pint glass. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It was not meant to be a pint of cocktail. <laughs> no, I gave one to my husband. Sometimes Nick makes me enough for two, uh, then Ben gets one. Or I get two if I don't tell Ben that he's made me two. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how much you like the sound of it, really. So tears of joy. Will I cry tears of joy or tears of sorrow on the taste of it? Well, mm. Who knows? So, oh, but we have to dive in, don't we? Can't ask what's in it. You can't ask what's in it yet. Okay, okay, right. Okay, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Ooh, oh, mm. Okay. Mm. Ooh, that's 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 not unpleasant. That's actually quite nice. Yeah, that is. That's surprising. 
Okay, I'm uh, I'm going to make some guesses here. What are you getting? What are you getting? I think of? I've got orange juice in there. There's something definitely citrusy. Do I detect a hint of cinnamon? Now, that is one you did you, you did know about. <laughs> I did know. I think only because you texted me and said, do you have cinnamon syrup? Like I'm some sort of elf in Santa's workshop. <laughs> and no, of course I don't. So another cinnamon in there. Hint of cinnamon. Hint of cinnamon. But yeah, orange juice. And, um... Come on, you know, you've no, had a few no, more no, guesses no. than that. Okay, okay. Let me, in a second, six, seven, six. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tasty. It's good. I'm really surprised by this one, actually. It's really nice. I'm kind of thinking, uh, uh, almost part of me thinks it's grapefruit juice in there as well, because it's got a sour hint to it. So there's orange juice, grapefruit, cinnamon. It gives a Christmassy feel. Well, you've got one out of three so far. Oh, cinnamon. Yes. <laughs> right. Lemon? Nope. Lemon? What the fuck is in here? Lime? <laughs> it's got lime. It's got, got, it's got lime. Got, it's got lime in it. It's got lime juice. Oh, it's got lime. Oh, I was sure there was orange juice in here. Um, so maybe Galliano. Nope. No. Um, I'm going to put no. you out of your misery because this could go on a while. Otherwise, I don't know what's happening. Now, you it's really were confusing. you were heading in the right direction because we have triple sec. Oh, so that's where you're getting your orangey. Oh, why didn't I say that? I'm an idiot. This is true. But we have we have spiced rum. As a, as a base, we have a spiced rum, we have a triple sec, lime juice, cinnamon syrup, and a, a dash of angostura of bitters. Wow! Um, Never would have put that together. Never would have thought intriguing. that. Intriguing. So it's sort of got a bit of a take on a daiquiri-ish with a sort of mm. rummy, limey thing, but then obviously a lot of other stuff as well. But yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. Honestly, I'm really thrown that that has, it's got lime juice in it. The spiced rum, I'm kind of getting now because it's definitely, I mean, honestly, as I said, it, it's got a Christmassy feel mm. to it because you feel the cinnamon and then the spiced rum would have spices, spices and you would find it a cake. But I really feel like there's orange juice in there. It's really, it's really refreshing and crisp and... Nice. Well, I think that's the combination <laughs> of the Cointreau and the lime juice. You're getting that citrus hit well, from the lime be, juice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also the orangey flavour from the Cointreau. Oh, triple sec. It's lovely. It's like a breakfast cocktail. <laughs> Have some orange juice. This tastes very strong. No, it doesn't, mate. It's no, fine. it doesn't. It's doesn't. fine. Have it on your cereal. It's all good. <laughs> oh, my God. Tears of joy. That has really thrown me. Tears but it's, of joy. It's goddamn delicious marvelous Ooh. i'm glad you like well well done i think lots of people will have lots of people have spiced rum in there well, yeah it's not a complicated one to to make people will no. have most of these ingredients cinnamon syrup is actually because i went out searching for bloody cinnamon syrup and i couldn't find it anywhere so i came home and make my and made my own well how did you make it then i used one cup of sugar one cup of water put that in a saucepan let that dissolve down so and then chucked in about four cinnamon sticks Ooh, okay, the stick. The stick. And then just left it for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, And then just, yeah, to infuse. And then strained it out. And that was it. So it takes a bit of time, but it takes no effort. But it's just going to sit there and do its thing but i can imagine cinnamon syrup would be useful in lots of things because you, well, you can have um, it in your coffee you can you can have it in your coffee you can have it with certain bourbons as well i think is it that fireball well, well, whiskey or something that's got a hint of cinnamon well, in that's it. that's cinnamony anyway but yeah. i think it would be interesting in a um espresso martini instead of your sugar syrup Ooh, that would that would be co- a hint of cinnamon that would be interesting that will continue our experiments with the espresso martini you've already put a bit of creme de month in one yes which fucking works guys honestly do it do it but cinnamon syrup oh i love it I love yeah it, and i have it. got a whole bloody bottle of the stuff to use that i've made so yeah yeah you'll have your spice rum earlier on i was going to say you have spice rum and the first thought that came to my head was in your desk <laughs> Everyone's got this spice is, rum in the desk. revealing more of Sinead's life than perhaps <laughs> should be out there. <laughs> to be fair, I am sitting in my home office when I record this. And I don't even have a desk drawer. So I just have booze scattered around the place. Not even in a drawer. This just you're, you're on a Zoom call with Sinead. There's a bottle <laughs> in the background. Oh, that's why we got that email round from work saying you need to blur your backgrounds. It was just all the empties. Oh, slightly side note. Yeah. May not make it into the podcast. Did you see that um, BBC interview? Which one? There was a woman from Wales, I think, talking about how it's difficult to work from home and yeah. get a routine and all that sort of stuff. And she was sitting in, obviously, some sort of, I don't know, home office or mm. whatever. And there was a bookcase behind her, a massive great cock on it. Oh, oh, no! Big old, big old, big old dildo on the bookcase. <laughs> what, like an actual sex toy or like a yes, bit indeed. of art? No, no, actually like a pinky no! oh my God! looking thing. <laughs> Quite a hefty one as well. Um <laughs> Well, you get bored at work. What well, are you gonna- <laughs> just in the background, on a, and there's a screenshot of it. It's like, oh my god, oh my god! But why would you put it on the shelf? 
to remind yourself to do it i don't know <laughs> well, i think it's probably something like for her like one of her mates bought it, bought it as a gag one day sort of thing yeah that's the story she will tell definitely but everyone else now is going Fuck it out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah side side note oh that uh, is brilliant it made me chuckle well there we go moving on <laughs> <laughs> moving on moving on let's see the tears of joy for well, yes, absolutely of conversation <laughs> just uh, they've let the tongue loose <laughs> but yes mix up a tears of joy guys uh, the recipe will be up on instagram on facebook on twitter and in our minds later on <laughs> delicious well with our tears of joy firmly in hand mm, yum, yum, yum. is it time for a story it's time for a story yeah gonna take you i'd say me and my bluffing of a boring story oh it's an exciting story this week <laughs> i was i was cunningly bluffing you all we'll be the judge of that checking <laughs> <laughs> notes now and marking me afterwards y- yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty much. much yeah that's what i get <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, so we are, we are, in fact, we're going on a journey. We're going on an exciting journey and we're going back. Back. We're going back a bit, back a bit. Not too far back, but back a bit. What, to the 80s? No, further than that, further than that. So this is the point where we have like, those wavy lines going... <laughs> And then nothing happens. And then happens. nothing happens. <laughs> then we're like, oh no. It is Tuesday, the 1st of July. Okay. 1851. Oh, nice. Nice. So we're going that far back. That yes, far nice. Back. Victorian. Very good. Yes. Yep. Bah. But we are in the French city of Rennes. Oh, of Rennes. We're going yes. back to France. God, we love the we love yeah, the French. All the French love their poisoning. Mm. Shout out to our lovely new fans on Twitter who were a bunch of people were writing in French recommending the poisoner's cabinet really well hurrah for you I hurrah you merci beaucoup merci beaucoup <laughs> oh this is going to be desperately <laughs> insulting and I do apologise yeah well, they, they actually started writing and after last week's episode where I was doing the French accent I was like I am so sorry yes, I'm very sorry <laughs> very sorry but we meet two serious and stony faced gentlemen arriving at the office of the city prosecutor both men are well known in the building as doctors Pinot and Boudin. Their reputation precedes them and they are quickly ushered into the, the prosecutor's office. Please come in, do. Please come in, absolutely. None, no waiting for you, your important people. How do you spell Boudin? B-O-U-D-I-N. Ah, uh, Boudin. So yes. maybe he has a very good supply of Boudin Noir or Boudin Blanc. For the French people, that's fucking funny. Is it really funny? <laughs> it is really it? is. They're going, right, okay. ah, maybe, yeah, c'est bon, c'est bon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to, no, I don't, I don't believe so. All right, this black pudding <laughs> in French, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Pinot tells this story of how he has been called in by his colleague, Dr. Boudet, 
or whatever you Boudin. say it, <laughs> to consult on a most puzzling case. Dr. Boudin had been caring for a girl named Rosalie Sazarin, who was a servant to a Monsieur Bidard, a very eminent law professor mm. at, the, at the, the City University. Now, unfortunately, despite both doctors' best attempts, the girl had passed away, the girl had died. But what had raised alarm bells with the doctors was that Rosalie's symptoms bore a striking similarity to those of another of Monsieur Boudard's servants, a girl named Rose Tesla, who had also recently died, only a couple of weeks prior. Okay. Now they thought these two deaths of a very similar circumstances were that's something to be questioned. That's that's a bit that's a bit unusual. Yes, that's young bit, well, young girls dying. Young, healthy. Yeah women they're in service so they're fit and healthy obviously i'm I'm basing this on not knowing what happened to them so if they, they both died with an axe in their head that is some no cause there for was concern. no axe involved okay there's no axe in the head no axe in the head but they were suspicious enough that they the doctors managed to persuade rosalie's family that they should carry out an autopsy to find out what what is going on because they think something weird is going on. <laughs> Didn't they say that to the something weird is going on? That's how that's how they said it. Something weird's going on. We don't know what. We need to cut her open. Of course, sir. Absolutely. And they went, yes, absolutely. You're a doctor, most certainly. <laughs> but they had to confess that they didn't actually find anything. They didn't find the symptoms of poisoning that they were convinced that they were going to find but they are still so convinced that this is not natural this is something weird is going on that they take the effort and go to see the prosecutor and relay this tale okay i'm suspending my disbelief here okay why what's to disbelieve maybe i'm being harsh but so far nothing has happened (laughs) oh shut up someone died maybe suspiciously two people have died two people have died there's been an autopsy they found nothing but then that if this podcast proves nothing that you can't trust the first autopsy never trust the well, first autopsy precisely ordinarily the prosecutor as Sinead would have been no none of that utter <laughs> nonsense incredibly dubious <laughs> this story has no evidence behind it but these are well respected and knowledgeable men they would not go out on a limb like this if they really weren't sure that something was awry. Hmm. It would do serious damage to their reputation if they go around every every case going, oh, it's poison. Oh, that's poison. Oh, yeah, it'd be poisoned. <laughs> it would do them no, their professional standing no good. They wouldn't have lasted long in the prosecutor's no. office. Mr. Prosecutor, oh, for God's sake, not these guys again. I swear not to God. Guys, I... Not, the, not the poison brothers. No. Oh. <laughs> Please leave us alone. The person died. They were shot in the face. It was, no, it was poison. Then trust me. Oh, God. But such was the respect of forwarded to these gentlemen that the prosecutor said yes okay we need to do a bit of looking to see what's going on um so they do the just that they all three of them leave the office straight away they go and they take a trip to uh, professor abidard's house to see if they can lay this to rest ask a few questions see what's going on oh no they were both ill for ages there was this common thing everyone's got it fine they go and see what they can find out okay the door to the professor's house is opened by another of monsieur Boudard's servants <laughs> just watch, to point watch out, now you have said monsieur professor Boudard's name differently every time you've said it. well that's what his name is <laughs> i don't know just really funny every time i'm like what's his name gonna sound like this time (laughs) you will never know what his real name is he has many aliases (laughs) he's He's, he's a man of mystery um (laughs) you'll never know what you're gonna get they go to his house and the door is opened by another of the servants helen gigardo now she Mm. is a woman of around 40 um and is actually she's described as a scraggy figure um nice (laughs) nice so it's a really complimentary outlook scraggy always good isn't it and she guides the three gentlemen into the house to see the professor um and she remains lingering in the doorway while they have their conversation the scraggy people always do just scuttling around the place scuttling around can i help you at all sir (laughs) listening in listening in (laughs) at the doorway to see what's going on door's not even closed we have come monsieur ballard we have come professor on a rather painful mission one of your servants has died recently it is suspected of poisoning <gasps> shock and alarm all around gasp from behind them a voice cries out i'm innocent 
They all turn to stare. And where has this voice come from? The woman in the doorway. Innocent, <laughs> innocent of what? Says the, the officer. Um, no one has accused you of anything. <laughs> But she has made this exclamation of innocence. Immediately. (laughs) Immediately. Which everyone finds slightly (laughs) perplexing. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, we're investigating this. It wasn't me! It wasn't me! We haven't said anything yet. (laughs) Stop lingering in the doorway (laughs) under this gas lamp, pyramiding Mm. your fingers and cackling. Now, this is, they find this a rather strange remark um, (laughs) to come from this this woman. And they ask, why has she made such Mm -hmm. a a proclamation? And she tries to backtrack and weasel out of it. (laughs) But they think, no, something weird's going on here. So they actually, they're and then they take her away to the police station for for questioning to find out well what the hell are you talking about it's, it's probably a good thing to do <laughs> if yeah, you're investigating absolutely. something someone shouted at a confession going well this is very easy <laughs> this, yes it's a very easy case to solve this yes. one so they they take her away she's in the the police station and while she's being held they do some digging into her past Ooh. and what they discover has is actually rather disconcerting oh I, I, uh, can I just say that I am now picturing her as... Have you seen the, the, the poster for Nosferatu? <laughs> it's just that kind of figure with the hands up, like, it wasn't me! <laughs> <laughs> with our fingers about 12 foot long. Yes. Like, <laughs> just that's, that is the picture in my head, and they're just going... Absolutely. We, we, there was something that drew us, us to her as a suspicious <laughs> character. So, but her past is... Oh, she has a past. Uh, She's a woman with a past. past. Ooh, Ooh. She has a past. And we're going to explore that past now let's so she's born in 1803 on a small little farm in Brittany. she was orphaned at the age of seven um Aww. poor her uh, we are very sad she is sent to live with two aunts who are servants at the rectory of Boubry, and she stays there for the majority of her childhood in service to the the priest and his household several years later she's in her late teens at this point um, one of her aunts decides to move on to a different position at a rectory of Seglian, and Helene just travels with her and takes up a job in this new rectory. Mm-hmm. One day, another of the servants of the household finds grains of hemp in her soup oh. that has been prepared by Helene, and she accuses Helene of trying to poison her. With grains of hemp? Yes, with the, with, with the seeds. Oh, with the seeds. oh. Yes, no, they're, they're um, quite it's, potent. Yeah, well, exactly. So she probably got a delightful high out of it as well. Um, <laughs> but is convinced that Aline is trying to poison her and she manages to rouse all the other servants Ooh. to accuse Helene of this this act. Now, no one has died or anything at this point, but they find yeah. it very suspicious. So she is driven out of the rectory. <laughs> Much like Nosferatu was. <laughs> yes, indeed. But this time she goes, oh, I'm going, I'm moving. She now enters the service of a priest in Gurn. Another rectory. She likes her rectories. Well, I suppose working for priests is quite uh, It's quite easy? respectable. Well, I think also it's quite respectable. You've worked in that one. It's probably quite easy yeah. to get another job somewhere else. You can be trusted. It's quite you pious be, work. Exactly. It's just very simple. Kind of, It's frugal. You're not going to have a great life as a servant. But oh, no, rather indeed. than being abused and, and shagged by your, well, by your master in the big houses. Yeah, absolutely. You know it's probably safe and secure. Mm. And yeah. And it has a certain amount of respectability about it. She enters uh, service of this this priest in Gurn. In the space of three months, seven people in the priest's household have died. What? Including the priest himself, his father, his mother, and Helene's own sister, Anna, who had been visiting, uh, along with yeah? several other servants, all dead. All of a strange very similar stomach concerns mm. there's been all dead all de- so, so all the people in the house and her, and her sister as well helene's own sister who had been coming to say hello um for, <laughs> for a bit ill-timed visit wasn't it was a very ill-timed visit yeah. absolutely bloody hell all of them die after suffering painful stomach cramps vomiting um, and all of them have eaten food prepared by helene and who was the one who had dutifully nursed each of them through their sickness and through their illness she had been by their bedside tending and caring now 
I mean, it was said that Helene showed the liveliest sorrow over each of the deaths. Um, tears flowed freely. Oh, how convenient. Incredibly pious in her mourning and was so convincing that no one would suspect her of anything. She was the most devout, most caring person for these sick people. Okay, fair enough. How loud was she wailing? She had a reputation that she could... It actually came up in her trial years and years and years later that she could turn it on and off like a like a light switch as we would say now <laughs> so from from one second she would be in floods of tears sobbing heart-wrenched sobs with big fat tears and the next minute she's like skipping down the road <laughs> having a jolly time yeah there's something to be said that people find public displays of emotion very unsettling so they're not just going to push they're not going to tug at that thread you know aside from the fact that people go oh no she must be really upset it's probably if someone is really going over the top you're going to go okay we don't really want to pursue that (laughs) and especially a servant doing this as well yeah servants are lower class so they're they're, meant to be quiet and do their thing Mm. and not interrupt the the flow of things the servant is being woefully over the top Mm. in her grief as are the common folk all the deaths in the house are put down to natural causes what had helped is that 18 months prior to this there had been an outbreak of cholera nearby how convenient now this was like a year and a half before but they the the local doctor said oh it must have been remnants of of that yeah if you've got no explanation then you're gonna go and as we know the symptoms are incredibly similar there was some cholera in the cupboard she opened the cupboard the cholera got out it hadn't been open for like 18 months and it was just sitting there yeah yeah now with the priest and his household gone helene found herself looking for work she returns to the rectory of bubri where she she replaces her recently deceased sister as a servant in the house so okay. she goes back oh my dear sister she worked here she's dead i've come to take her place and continue the fine <laughs> tradition of my family working for you i've inherited all of her skills with a duster all of her skills in three months three more people are dead jesus christ um helene's own aunt uh marie jean lescou uh, is dead the priest's niece um and his own sister all dead within three months right. of helene joining the house but but why why well why not really why <laughs> the the sister was the the last to go she I mean she was a healthy girl of 16 years old oh, she no. was dead within four days of feeling unwell and so no one is then going to helene going eh what food are you preparing and why is everyone dead well I mean, for the for those last four days she drinks nothing but milk that has been provided by the ever caring and ever dutiful helene <sighs> as before helene is at their bedside throughout and her grief over the deaths i mean it impresses everyone everyone yeah. is like oh that's a that's a lot of grief going on there she must be <laughs> she's very serious about this we're getting value for money for the grief oh yeah. she, they really are on come the waterworks and everyone runs to comfort this poor distraught woman she's suffered such tragedy in she her has. life weirdly people die wherever she goes it's so hard for her now with the demise of most of the rectory um helene once again finds herself looking for work she's not thought this through she keeps <laughs> killing people um she's gonna have to find a job over and over again but, but this is off it she goes if she's whatever we're trying to portray her as is like ah master poison and no one's questioning her she's killing she's killing off her income yeah absolutely she she's off off again but she has all the experience in working in these priestly environments right. um it does not take her long to find new work but this time she's not a servant she's actually she's moved up she is now an apprentice oh. to a needlewoman to a seamstress in the town very nice very impressive now i'm i'm sure it'll probably be no surprise to anyone that not long after that the the widow le boucher and her daughter are stricken with an inexplicable and terrible illness oh for god's sake what a surprise both soon die and she gets all of their needles she gets all the thread and it's like ha 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 it's good i will embroider everything (laughs) she's just embroidering while they're dying skull and crossbones (laughs) on everything she's embroidered what she's seen luberger's son pierre um has also fallen quite ill but he he does not like helene they do not get on at all and he refuses her care um Mm. and her ministrations whilst he's ill and he survives telling telling yes indeed now i mean by this time um helene is she's rather sensitive and concerned about her reputation when some of the the relatives of lubusher come to pay their respects she confides in one of them i'm afraid that people will accuse me of all these deaths she weeps through 
blubbery tears. <laughs> Death follows me wherever I go. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does, Nosferatu, leaving corpses in your wake. But they don't sit there and go, I think everyone's going to accuse me of all these murders. Boo hoo hoo hoo. Boo hoo hoo hoo. Woe is me. Woe is me. Now, this time, once again, she is out of work and homeless. Oh, dear. Yet a kindly widow from the town oh. offers her room and board in the house. <laughs> I know how much you dutifully cared for your past employers. Um, please come rest. Stay for a while while you get yourself sorted out. The widow was so trusting. She trusted her. She so thought, trusting. oh, the poor woman. Let me give you shelter. You can eat at my table. Come in, come in. Helene prepares a lovely, lovely meal. Oh, fuck delightful meal oh look she's dead two days the widow is dead stop cutting off your bread line woman (laughs) i I mean she clearly bitch crazy oh yes there is that just have room and board (laughs) now on on the day following the widow's death her her niece has has arrived now the distraught helene throws herself into his arms um i'm so unhappy she cries wherever i go segli and gyrn boobly lubbershares people die yes yes they do yes they do yes they do you crazy crazy yes they do and once again she's on her little way finding the next place to work and live now at this point helene is around 30 years old she's in her early 30s and we have got 13 deaths in 1850s 18 late 1830s 1840s early 1840s now news travels a bit a bit but i guess no one is accusing her no one is no one is going she's moving on going from place to place some people died she moves on some people died no one is joining the dots together because they just go oh it's a terrible tragedy and no one is then going no one's investigating it so there she no goes. one's certainly investigating now i think there are in fact there are rumors oh, circulating there's gossip oh gossip gossip oh i love a bit of gossip no one is taking these rumors seriously and i suppose if it's rectories it's priests it's rural ish then yes, it's indeed. not going to be the height of society where no, people no, are talking and it's not going to make the news it's just ah uh, poor people at a, in a rectory yep. these are little rural communities hemp seeds are easy to come by yep in May of 1835, Helene is now in the service with a Dame Toussaint. While she's in service, four more people die. Oh, for um, <laughs> the the Dame's maid. What? Um, uh, Monsieur Toussaint, uh, the Dame's daughter, Julie. Right. And later, the Dame herself. And they have all eaten a delicious soup. Delicious soup. soup? Prepared by Helene. We haven't done soup as a secret ingredient well, yet. It did, it did, <laughs> I did almost go for soup um, and I was doing some investigation of what can I make because it is actually in fact a vegetable soup so I thought uh, but then you know what I cannot do I cannot bring myself to do a Bloody Mary I just dislike them that much oh but I love um, them I know you love them but I cannot be doing with tomato juice I find it very upsetting so Dame Toussaint's son has never liked Helene <laughs> We've now had a couple of sons of victims who have, yeah. for some reason, innately distrusted. Now, whether they are the ones who are hearing these rumours, perhaps they, they travel further afield so they get to hear these Ooh, that's gossip point, and guess, things yeah. like that. Perhaps on business or doing manly things. Or maybe they're just less susceptible to the emotions. Less less trusting. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Perhaps they're less persuaded by tears and big bright shiny eyes yeah if she's not a fox then you know then probably not if you've got blonde curls and a big bosom then yeah, oh um, no you poor thing ew you're a hag well we know she grows up to be scraggly scraggly um, so scraggly. <laughs> yeah so the dame's son has has never liked helene nothing can be proven nothing is firm but he is not taking any chances and he sends her packing he's like be gone from him. the house off you go i'm not taking any chances she takes her sorrow and her tears to the the next town the town of and this time thinking i I cannot work in another household it's too distressing too upsetting to see these people die she finds shelter in the convent of the eternal father the nuns will help me the nuns will help me i mean there is nothing unpleasant that has ever happened in a nunnery no 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 get thee to a nunnery (laughs) oh god no what what the fuck is she gonna do in the nunnery well soon slightly bizarre things start to happen in the convent right it seems like the the rather strict orthodox life 
does not necessarily agree with Helene. I mean, she's worked in rectories and for priests for much of her working life. Yes, but she's not a nun. She doesn't have to get up and do prayers and, and self-flagellate exactly. and drink water and have nothing but rich tea biscuits. And it starts off with small things that the nuns notice. Linen. Just like normal bed linens, if they start to go missing, they they're found a few days later, sort of muddied and trampled in the in the fields surrounding the the convent, as if someone's really? been t- taken them out there and just like stamped them into the mud. God, that's weird. Which it? is a bit yeah. peculiar. And then it, that that progresses to the freshly laundered um, habits of of the nuns. They they get returned, but they're slashed. They have knife cuts oh through God. their. Out- outfits, costumes, uniforms. I don't know what one calls it. <laughs> dress. Dress. They're through them. Yeah. <laughs> outfits, costumes. They're just playing dress up. They don't really believe in God. It's a delightful time, but they're all, they're, they're slashed and torn. Oh, that's This is like the nunly equivalent of like scratched out faces on photographs. I, I don't know which way this is going, but yeah, that if she's elected to be in a nunnery and now she's taking stuff and she's then trashing it outside muddying the sheets and slashing the habits she's violently acting out before i'm assuming is going to resort to poison well one 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 day several of the sisters are taken quite quite unwell the 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 rest of the nuns there they pray day and night they're in the chapel helene herself dutiful caring looking out for her new family attends the the ailing sisters as they writhe in agony in their little cots their prayers come to nothing three of the nuns die horrible deaths all within about a 48 hour period again people suspect helene's involvement they think the mother superior there thinks all this has started since she has joined us here. Well, yeah, doing it all together. But again, there's no proof. She's never, no. ever been found with barrels of arsenic or... Uh, <laughs> as, as all those other poisoners were. Well, yeah, I mean, any sort of poison or anything she shouldn't have. Yeah, it seems like a reluctance to report her, really. Potentially. Because, I mean, you don't need a lot of, as we've seen, you don't need a lot of evidence to convict someone, especially if they're of a lower class. But You don't need a lot to go mm- on. I'm just I'm more fascinated by Helene here that she's got there seems to be something about religion with her. Well that 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 is an interesting point actually because that has been her her major employment. Yeah. And she seems to have sought out those environments over her career as a as a servant yeah she's worked for pre she's worked for men she's she's targeted a lot of women men don't trust her but she's seeking out this kind of environment mm. and now she's in a convent which is purely women and she is acting out and slashing the habits of people who are there to care and then she's portraying herself as the most caring the most Absolutely. wrought and fraught person yeah there's something weird going on there's about something... religion there there's something very strange about about care and the, the that and, and that that sort of <laughs> and thing that. I'll, I'll, um... I'll articulate that better as, later on but still <laughs> but there are these suspicions and these concerns hmm. i mean they also they realize that well she's the one who's been working in the kitchens recently she's well, the yeah. one being preparing these meals and they're not they're not completely deaf to the the room that they are that are creeping in from the outside world about mm. her but obviously they their whole mission is to look for the best in people and not to not to take their people's previous sins and hold them against them they've got to i think it's fine if people are fucking dying in well, your convent they're well exactly exactly so <laughs> i mean there's no evidence so they can't do anything formal they they agree that it's probably best if she she leaves probably best if she if you go and perhaps find find a home elsewhere she wasn't expelled she was just asked to leave by mutual agreement yes <laughs> so off she she leaves she's never long without a job next is, is another apprenticeship to another seamstress and then another dead mistress my masters die wherever i go she cries to the, again to the niece of the deceased seamstress before she leaves to find her next home right next job is back in array again the same town as, as the convent she is okay. a maid this time to to madame hotel the job lasts no more than a week her new mistress's son-in-law has heard the story of why helene left the convent and she is swiftly shown the door oh thank god ah though not before madame hotel has sampled some of the delicious delicious cooked meats prepared oh, for by god's helene. Sake. she dies the day after helene's departure 
this is just stupid now. This is just <laughs> mental. This is this is to the point where I'm getting fed up with Helene. What 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 is wrong with everyone? <laughs> this is more deaths I think we've dealt with ever for episode it fifty. Is. It's like the Family Guy episode. Can we get to a hundred deaths? We're literally getting nearly to that point. We're, we're heading there. Good uh. God, good God, woman! Why will no one listen to reason? I'm getting well, angry. Well, she keeps moving on. I mean, her reputation in Ore is now she is went shot. Back to Ore though. She went back there she went back but now there is there is no chance of finding another job now so yeah. she takes herself off to, to a town called uh Pontivy, and she gets a job as a cook ha- right okay no probably no. not the best <laughs> she mm, mm. fine okay come mm. into my house and cook stuff where did you come from before do you have any references doesn't matter mate okay that's fine come in, come in. well i've worked for this priest and that rectory and this rectory then i was at the convent for a and while you've got to wait for I a worked. while until the letters arrive back saying he did come on come on in <laughs> come, come on help in. yourself help yourself to my supply of food and my children two months later the 14 year old son is oh, dead God. After a very brief sickness uh, marked by vomiting convulsions. Now, this time, uh, an autopsy is immediately carried out. Um, oh, this God. is a, this is a young, young boy. Now, when they carry out their autopsy, they they find an inflamed stomach. They find corrosion in the in the, the windpipe and the and the intestines. And they think something must be wrong. Now, say ordinarily, this would have been cause for alarm. But strangely, apparently, this boy has been known had has a reputation to drink vinegar neat what just glasses of vinegar no 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 okay no to all of this no to all of this no to drinking vinegar okay anyone who is okay, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it online and i don't care if you yell at me don't be drinking apple cider vinegar neat people does shit all does shit all to your body and everything apple cider vinegar is great for topical treatments fucking ask me on instagram i don't mind i don't mind don't be drinking vinegar don't be drinking vinegar neat and also it's the 1850s or whatever how are you gonna get your kicks from drinking vinegar because this wellness shit didn't happen back then why is he drinking vinegar he say he has this reputation um he is well known to enjoy a glass of vinegar is it like the 1800s equivalent of the cinnamon challenge (laughs) <laughs> may may maybe so maybe so he's just known in the in the as the village idiot who was just i will drink vinegar for a tuppence. perhaps it well, yeah perhaps it was people are, perhaps he was in fact the village idiot and people were just paying him coins to do these stupid things was he the guy who started he either started the vinegar drinking craze of like it just cleanses the body in the colon or he was just drinking vinegar because it was the closest thing to alcohol that he could get and he thought he'd get drunk i mean well, he's, it'll get he's you 14 to a place. year old he's 14 years old so i i don't know if, if if getting drunk was his main goal well yeah actually that's a, that's a good point back <laughs> he's in france wine from five well, exactly it's it probably like red wine vinegar or something to be honest um, oh yeah, yeah he wanted a stronger stronger kick that merlot was too jammy <laughs> all all of the, the the damage to to his to his insides was put down to this habit he had rather than anything suspicious helene though is she seems distraught at the death of the boy she is Shocking. fighting fighting back the tears she cannot possibly continue to work here anymore it is just too upsetting the the the, the, the memories that i have formed over these past what three or four days um oh, she's <laughs> been there for a few months but um yeah she she found it she found it too painful to continue working yeah, in the household i'm gonna take all his vinegar with me to remember him by <laughs> Right, that kid is mental and... Yeah, no argument there. Right. <laughs> Next place, she is with a Monsieur Kerelac. Oh, is he dead too? In Hedebot. Now, Monsieur Kerelac <laughs> is, is recovering from a, a, a fever, um, from a, a long-term illness. He needs someone to look after him. Helene, possibly not the best choice of, of nurse maid. <laughs> after a delightful meal provided by Helene, he has an instant relapse, yep. followed by repeated and fierce vomiting that kills him in five days. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> Own fault. Next is the house of Dame Veron, dead after a sudden and violent sickness. Yep, there we go. We're, we're now in 1839. Helene is 36 and we've reached 25. Fucking 25 hell. deaths so far. <laughs> I mean, it's an, it's an accomplishment. I mean, it, it truly is. It's, it's a bit like impressive. us with like episode 50. Like We did not think this would last this yeah. long. <laughs> we are shocked that it got this far. Now, possibly in mind of that, she, there, are, there are a few quiet years now with no 
suspected deaths no reported deaths but there, there's a fair amount of theft she she is actually she is caught stealing numerous times from her employees and is dismissed and on her way she seems to have given up the death and it's focused too easy on the, apparently <laughs> yeah focused on the shiny things that she can sell for for some cash so she's got a compulsive disorder this is clearly the some most, sort of compulsion most sir. she has not been caught does sort of feel like she's doing it for attention or whatever and then and well, then it's like fine I'll, I'll do something else i'll steal that gives me the thrill yeah i'll start stealing yeah. each time again suspected um reprimanded she moves on to the next town by 1848 helene has arrived in the city of wren now after already having been dismissed from several houses for theft uh, she finds herself in the employment of monsieur and madame rabot after a few months monsieur rabot begins to notice a considerable reduction in his wine cellar these yeah. these bottles of wine they're going down a bit more rapidly than i was expecting that's my excuse every week <laughs> theft theft helene is confronted by this with this fact of why why have i got a lot less wine than i had before you started <laughs> <laughs> she protests her innocence while clinking well when that does not work she she weeps with remorse and promises never ever ever to do it again monsieur rabot says no absolutely not never off you go be gone but madame rabot she's a bit more caring this woman is so upset she's distraught she would never do it again i tell you what you can have 10 days notice we'll pay you for 10 days give you a bit of time to see if you can sort yourself another position and then you have to go this was a very 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 bad decision madame <laughs> Rabot. the next day monsieur and madame Rabot are both struck down with debilitating stomach cramps Rabot's mother-in-law comes to visit she too is struck down after eating a meal prepared by helene helene departs after this notice period uh, leaving her employers bedridden still alive and without helene's further ministrations they they do recover but monsieur rabot is left paralyzed for six months oh god after this encounter in helene's next job it's not long again before the dwindling liquor stock gets noticed um and she is reprimanded for for stealing two days later the couple's young son dies suddenly Again, Helene, distraught, weeping, mourning, declares that she could not possibly continue working in a place where such a tragedy has occurred. Mm. I'm going. I'm off. Convenient. Convenient. Yeah, and next... again, the, the, the employers would surely be going, yeah, and our liquor is gone. Where the fuck are you going? <laughs> but they, they were probably thinking, well, we were going to get rid of her anyway. So she's decided to take it on upon herself to go. Fine off you go i've got more important things my son has just died yeah there it is her next job takes her into the employment of professor bidard who we met previously right at the beginning of the story <laughs> at the beginning if of story. you can remember that far back <laughs> <laughs> and as we know what happens with that employment it leads to her arrest by the chief prosecutor of Rennes. <sighs> under questioning in in i well, actually say that in fact before being asked any questions she denies all knowledge of poison I don't know anything about arsenic. I don't know what it is. No witness can say I had any. It's been 40 years. No one has asked you about anything. Now is the time you decide to confess? Maybe she really wants to confess. Maybe that's it. And I mean, it, it, it is true that she has never been caught with any arsenic. When she says... Oh, is, it a bit, is it arsenic? It is. Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! It is indeed arsenic. But, but it's, it's only known it's arsenic because of her proclamation at this time i don't know anything about arsenic she says no one has accused her of poisoning <laughs> anyone with arsenic what's your name i don't know anything about <laughs> arsenic okay where do you live arsenic never heard of it my friend <laughs> it's, it's pretty much exactly like that um and when she says no witness can say i ever had any it is true she has never been caught with arsenic no one can prove yeah. that she's ever bought any but as we know, arsenic mm. is prevalent in every home. It's in the kitchen cupboards as rat poison and any sort of pest control. It is not at all difficult to get your hands on. Through this trail of destruction and reports of death that they discover that have followed Helene's travels throughout France, they have now been well documented by the, the prosecutor. And there is no way that this can be down, put down to sheer coincidence and, and bad fortune. Oh, yeah. In the written documents that the, the prosecutor put forward to the, to the judge, it shows that they aimed to try Helene for 26 poisonings, 9 attempted poisonings and 17 thefts. 
Whoa. was what they thought we could we can accurately prosecute this we'll just we'll underestimate we'll be conservative we'll just do her for the 20 odd poisonings and the 17 thefts i mean there we'll were just play it down there there were there were two children that they decided we're not going to try that because it would be probably too upsetting for the family to mm. dig all that up so they said well we've got her on enough so we're not going to drag them through that so there were many more later reports estimate that it could have been anywhere between sort of like 30 to 60 no one really knows the 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 exact number but interestingly when it she came to be on trial the the statute of limitations in rome at that time is only 10 years so she cannot be tried for anything prior to before that so she's got away with a hell of a lot that's not uncommon in some of the trials we've seen because you can only you 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 usually only get tried for the one or two is enough this is concrete evidence and there may have been 40 but you go these are the two that we're going to try you for yeah these are the two we're 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 confident with so so in the end helene actually stands trial for 11 thefts six attempted poisonings but only three poisonings yeah. i mean three is plenty out of the numbers have. that's what they go for we can confidently prove these mm. those recent victims are exhumed and under a more detailed autopsy with more competent dare i say doctors doctors from the big city who know what they're looking for these are not rural little village doctors big hats they've got they've got incredibly large hats and a very very big stethoscopes so big and they find huge quantities of arsenic um, and what they also believe is probably antimony Ooh. so a combination Ooh. of the two. Oh, very interesting antimony for the perhaps the more long term i'm here for a couple of months yeah. let's stretch it out i need to i need to be out of here tomorrow let's get on with the arsenic tip that um, over the edge very nice very nice clever girl in court helene's behavior veers between humble devout mutterings tears streaming down the face to loud pious shouting about how she's innocent that only god knows the truth onto then furious outbursts about how she has been mistreated all her life she lists all her grievances with her employees every time that someone has been someone has said that a vaguely unpleasant thing about her she's locked away she's remembered mm. all these things that anyone has ever said to her that she's Whoa. taken in the slightly wrong way and then she goes back to inconsolable weeping again the judges of the court are merciless time and time again where did you get the poison from where did you get the poison from time and time again she goes i don't know anything of poison and god willing i never will she sticks to this defense of i don't know anything about this dozens of witnesses appear for the prosecution they have come from all from across france from all the towns that have been affected by her rampage from all the families who have suffered at her hands helene claims to have not known or ever set eyes upon any of them the majority of them are able to provide quite detailed accounts tales of of theft and arguments between helene and her various employers um, just before their relatives died and helene left for pastures new her defense lawyer makes a quite a remarkable closing speech mm. i mean obviously he is not hopeful for an innocent verdict at this point he thinks that's probably quite likely <laughs> off the cards but he actually argues that due to the severity and severeness of her crimes she obviously needs a lot more time than most to repent for her sins therefore she should be spared the death penalty to give her this time oh, to find okay. forgiveness okay okay interesting which interesting. has a strange logic behind it yes it does not work helene is sentenced to death by guillotine and executed in front of a crowd of thousands in the city square february 26th 1852 is the story of the craziest woman of helene jagado murderer of many people say up to potentially into the 60s um considerably high on the bastardometer which we must bring back wow what a story i went oh yeah that's a long story that one <laughs> well the thing is it's just it's it's probably the most detailed that we've had it's great for episode 50 where we can trace back she was there they died then she was there mm. they died they were there they died and no one did anything no one stopped her and it does seem like as you said that this is not just a retrospective let's just assign any old death that happened anywhere in the vicinity to her she obviously went and worked for these people these and there are, there are records links. of it yeah and she absolutely. was just poisoning and robbing and doing whatever she wanted for, for so long yeah 
before she was caught, before, before two she... guys went, okay, there's some sort of similarity here. Yeah. Why did no one report it? Why did no one say anything? Well, I think potentially because she she seemed to do such a potentially a, th- a thorough job. It was households that went that she she did away with you're getting rid of anyone who's going to give evidence against you almost. oh that's a very good point yeah so you're getting that's rid a of uh, a father mother and two kids you've got rid of all of them mm. then there might be a couple of servants around but who's going to believe them who yeah. else is there are no other witnesses to a lot of this stuff it seems crazy to us these days to think how did no one tell someone okay obviously we know there was no anything of technology but you would think that someone would talk. But you're absolutely right. If people are being killed off in the family and then she moves town, it's very easy to move town. Who knows if she was using the same name? I mean, it seems to be that she... Well, she's certainly using the name Helene because mm. um, that's what comes up in the record. So I think she is... It's not an uncommon name, though, is it? There are these rumours and gossip that does seem to follow mm. her along that these these incidents have, have happened there's also the idea that people are trusting and like it's like we've said before and like you and i often argue about you know oh if you've got stomach pains you always say oh you're not going to think to poison i'm going to be like yes absolutely think of poison <laughs> you, you know there are the type of people who, if you're going to hire someone to work in your house you're going to do rigorous checks find out everything about this person to make sure they're not a lunatic and other people who just go oh help yourself just come in just come in people who get duped and if that can happen these days think about what happens back then there's no way of questioning anyone well, exactly there's no way of finding out I mean, people may bring a, a letter of reference or something mm, like that. That could be but, um, forged. And, um, that yeah. could be forged. But also, you, I think you'll often find that she's going in as a servant, a relatively low mm. position in a household. Yeah. It's not going to be the master of the house that's giving her this job. True, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be the, the head servant who is employing the, these people. And she could so, be cheap. Yeah, really cheap. And mm. probably the, 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 the master or mistress of the house is 90% un, unaware of who these people are people are it's it's, mm. it's beneath them watch Downton Abbey <laughs> they, <laughs> which you have been re-watching which lately, I, I, I absolutely love Downton Abbey <laughs> it's a crazy crazy world and there's oh god there's definitely something with her in the early life about what is with her religion and that episode well, yeah, in the convent picked, I hadn't picked up on that but that was a really good point but it's just it seems like definitely some sort of psychotic compulsion there and again I'm saying this is not a psychologist and not understanding any of that but yeah, that she's been working in rectory, she's working with priests. The fact that she goes into a convent willingly, knowing mm. knowing that it's not going to be a, a pleasant life, and just goes in and messes with them, doesn't doesn't poison them immediately. No, no, that she she seems to build up. Yeah. To that. Just wants to destroy and to, to do something to act out. It does really seem like she's acting out, and you can imagine that if, if she's not getting caught if she's been too good at it, it's almost like she's crying for attention and then stealing will give her a new thrill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't, when obviously we, we don't know what she, no. I mean, we, we don't know what she went through. I mean, we sort of pick up her tale. Yes, we know she was orphaned and she went to live at this rectory. Mm. But we the first we really know much about her was she's in her late teens, sort of 20s, when she starts her sort of her killing spree sort of thing we, do, we don't know what happened to her if there's something there that caused this resentment or anger towards yeah. these characters which there may well have been but sometimes you just don't know you can have all of the history of people even very recently we mentioned it um on patreon and we mentioned it last week as well i think about harold shipman who mm. is a character where we know everything about him because it happened in a lifetime and we can research it but there's still a bit of now nah, we don't really know we can theorize and we can yeah think well maybe it was this maybe it was that with her it could have been this could have been that but she just killed a shitload of people wow oh that is a oh that's a that's a chilling one for episode (laughs) 50 what was going through her mind what do you think people do you know this story do you do you have theories about it would you would you suspect a maid who comes to your house and just without any with a handwritten quill written letter (laughs) would you take them in and offer them from from a priest from a, from priest, a priest though. in particular yeah not just any old letter a priestly letter <laughs> you know what if someone comes to your door with a letter written by a priest uh don't take them in just don't no don't, <laughs> don't just don't do it don't do it i think it's generally frowned upon these days i know we can we can teach you much on this show so yeah if you whatever your thoughts are about this story tell us about them in the comments on social media tell us about the episode notes later on today there will be the delicious recipe for the tears of joy there will indeed and i would heartily recommend you give it a go um make up some cinnamon syrup if you haven't got it Mm. 
it's not difficult to make um i'll put the recipe for that as well out just the method of, of making that definitely give it a go it's a really tasty drink i may have another one but also shout out to lizzie harris who messaged us this week on instagram and bless you lizzie she is an nhs worker she works in a hospital thank you so much for looking after us and protecting us during the pandemic but she said um in a roundabout way that she had been left at the bu- park and ride stop someone had left cake and a card for the NHS workers but she saw it and thought oh and then she thought immediately suspicious because she thought why are people leaving cake it's probably poisoned like Christiana Edmonds so I'm glad that this podcast has ruined your ability to enjoy stranger cake yeah so I don't think you should be proud of this Sinead this is that was your episode and obviously <laughs> ruined the people's ability to enjoy random chocolates they find on the street exactly is, exactly I'm, be ashamed I'm, very, of yourself. I'm very sorry if any time anyone has received a random gift from friends or family and you've just had a moment have thought of why why (laughs) just enjoy the cake see what happens it's fine if you haven't found us on patreon already come and join the fun lots of extra episodes in there tell your friends tell your family tell your enemies tell them all about the poisonous cabinet and let them make up their own goddamn minds quite right thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Ando. And I'm Fer. And we host Niñas Bien Podcast. We want to invite you to listen to our show. Niñas Bien means good girls in Spanish. But you have to know that this is not a podcast for good girls. Or for girls at all. It is a comedy podcast. So everyone is welcome to listen. We talk about sex, relationships, technology. We recommend movies and TV shows and discuss pop culture in general. And there is Chisme Ajeno too. A section we have just to gossip about everyone. So you'll find something you like here. And you'll practice your Spanish. The cleanest Spanish you'll find, we promise. And if you already hablas español, vamos a hacer tus nuevas amigas. amigas. We'll be your friends for the non-Spanish speakers. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Hosted by Acast and available to all audio platforms. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>